Welcome to Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better, where I talk about my personal and my group coaching clients' experiences of healing our hearts, authentically falling in love with ourselves, and yes, finding someone better. I'm Claire the Heartbreak Coach. Let's take your love life and entire life to the next level. Hello, my loves. Welcome to episode 217, When You Want to Be Pursued. I just realized that we are just at the end of four months of this year, of 2023. I'm recording this on April 25th, and we are a third of the way through the year. By the time this episode comes out, we will be a full third into 2023. And I just want to invite you before I dive into this idea of wanting to be pursued, that you pause and ask yourself how your 2023 is going so far. What, if anything, did you set your intention for this year? And have you stuck to it? This is not an invitation for you to get mad at yourself, impatient with yourself, but to really check in and see, are you where you want to be? Are you committed to the work that you set out to commit to do? My guess is many of you listening are soul searchers and want to do the work on yourself. And my other guess is that maybe you're similar to me and you get really excited about an idea and you start off strong and then curveballs are thrown and your vision and commitment to that vision can easily fall to the wayside. And then you just find yourself discouraged and frustrated and impatient and really questioning your own ability to create what you want to have happen. You can hear I'm obviously speaking in general terms, but my guess is if you are a regular listener to this podcast, maybe this is relating to your love life. Maybe this year you were going to get clear on whether or not to stay or go in a relationship, or you were going to get really committed to finding your person and making that a top priority. But as you reflect back over the last four months, you've maybe gone on three dates, not even, or you're barely swiping. Or the opposite, you're swiping, 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 and going on a crazy amount of dates and you're still not understanding why you haven't found your person and you think you're doing the work, but it isn't working. Or perhaps you started this year and you were committed to really next level nipping this heartbreak that you've been nursing for a while in the bud, but you just can't shake him. You keep sneaking a peek at his social media, whatever it is no shame, no judgment. What do you want to do to change it now? It doesn't have to be January 1st or a birthday for you to just decide today is my new year. Today is my new chapter. There's nothing like getting back on the horse again. And I think in this moment, it's easy for me to say because for once... For once, and I'm someone that really is walking the walk and has created, I have created many amazing results in my life through this coaching work. But I have gotten on the horse and fallen back off with my journey 
around alcohol, which I did a three-part series on at the beginning of the year. And I'm so proud to say that I have really kept my drinking to a minimum and have been extremely intentional with that. And I've really next level committed to focusing on my business again. I think the last couple of years of adjusting to for lack of better words, even though Larry and I are not married, you know, stepmom life to four kids and adjusting to life in Santa Barbara and all of that. I, of course, have been very business focused. I always deliver this podcast to you weekly and I write regularly for Poosh and I'm very committed to my clients and I, you know, post regularly on Instagram. Follow me at Claire the Heartbreak Coach. I'm I'm a big doer, but I am often falling off the wagon with my aligned thinking, but that has not been the case this year. So I'm just really happy and satisfied and proud of the next level commitment to my health and to my business this year in 2023, now that I feel a lot more at ease and comfortable with the family dynamic. And that's just interchangeable, right? You know, maybe the family will need like more focus and attention and energy again. And it's not putting other things on the back burner, but I just had a client recently asked me, you know, how do you decide what you want to focus on? And really, you just get to choose and love your reason. And just because you choose to prioritize one thing now or choose to not prioritize one thing doesn't mean that you're never going to do it. I have a goal for my business. I've shared it before. I definitely want to create a million dollars in a year for my business. And I still really think that's possible, but that's not something I'm actively working on scaling as we speak. I also am totally open to that happening even without me deliberately trying because I do see the possibility there as well. You know, you just get to choose and it's a very exciting thing. And I just wanted to offer that to you as you listen, stepping into or entering into the second third of your 2023. Have you committed to your love life goals? And if not, why? And can you be really kind and compassionate and understanding as to why? Don't beat yourself up and then get back on the horse and make today your January one. If you're a self-help basic bitch nerd like me and on the new year, it's like new year. Oh my gosh. So now everything's fresh and new and it's just the best excuse for a clean slate. Bullshit. I, I love I love January 1st and I love my birthday on February 12th that I really get into that fresh, clean slate energy. And I love the idea, especially on January 1, the collective energy of a lot of people starting a fresh, clean slate. And I really believe in the power of a collective energy of a large group of people wanting to improve themselves and kill bad habits and all that stuff. I'm all for it. But you can also just make today your January one. No time like the present. And I just so happen to have rolling admission into my group program. And I still have spots open for my one-on-one. So no time like the present to start today. Make make the spring and the summer coming up like a next level commitment of showing up and really doing things differently if what you have been doing hasn't worked. So speaking of doing things that haven't been working, I recently started working with a client who has worked with a plethora of relationship coaches and she was done with coaches, but her friend said, you got to check out this podcast, aka this podcast. (laughs) Stop wanting him back and find someone better. And so 
she reluctantly agreed to listen to my podcast and was sold on me and really thought that I was bringing something different to the table for relationship coaching, which truly is the greatest compliment I could ever receive. And I really make it a top priority or I, I, I'm always, I, I think I just said this on a recent podcast. I purposely don't listen or follow other relationship coaches because I'm just not interested in what they're saying or doing. Not because I don't think it's powerful or that I'm the only relationship coach. It's really not an ego thing. It's just a, I want to use my own brain and have my own thoughts and elevate my own brain around heartbreak dating and relationships. And I don't want to be influenced or, or even fall into the trap of compare and despair. So I really love staying in my own lane when it comes to what I do, especially because now life coaching is just such a saturated industry. And I know relationship coaching for sure is. And I just want to maintain the specialness that is Mary Claire Byrne, heartbreak slash finding love coach. And so this client revealed to me that she's done so much inner work with all the different coaches that she's worked with. And Yet, when I asked her how active had she been in finding her guy, how much had she put herself out there, she said, oh, no, I'm not really interested in in pursuing him. I want him to find me. And I was like, oh, interesting. You want him to find you. So you're not on the apps. You're not you know, out and about putting yourself out there. And she was like, oh, no, 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 no. And we did a whole coaching on it and we're slowly but surely kind of untangling her deeply rooted beliefs that the man should pursue the woman. And I think a lot of you out there feel the same way. And this particular client inspired this episode, but she for sure is not the first person or the first client or the first friend who said, no, I want him to find me. I want him to be the pursuer. I have a lot to say on this topic. First and foremost, I consider myself a traditional feminist. Is that a thing, being a traditional feminist? But here we are. It's 2023. I am all about girl power, female power, and being independent and all of that. And I wanted to be pursued, especially really talking in, first of all, heteronormative terms, but also really when we're talking about the beginning of a relationship. I think the beginning of the relationship, it reminds me of the first moment you step out on stage. For those of you who don't know, I was an actor for a majority of my life, right? That first moment really sets the stage for how the rest of the performance is going to go. That first moment when you walk into an audition room sets the tone for like how it's going to go. If you start off strong on that audition, the rest is cake, right? If you start off strong with that first moment on stage, the rest is cake. I know there can be blips along the way, but if that first moment is powerful, then you feel at ease. You're like, ah, I got that. Because the moment right before the audition starts or the moment right before you step on stage, at least for me, and I think I can speak for a lot of actors, there's a lot of anxiety. So... I would say the same when it comes to dating. How the relationship starts off, I think, really sets the tone for the rest of the way the relationship could go. Are there exceptions to this? Yes, but I can't cover every single relationship in the bajillions of relationships that have been out there. But I think if you've got a good, strong start, there's a 
better chance of you guys lasting. And I'm sure many of you are like, but I had a good strong start and now it hasn't worked out. But it might have gone too fast too soon and you got really carried away without getting to know that person. That would be my guess. But again, I'm not here to cover every base. I do make some generalized statements. That doesn't mean that it's factually true for every relationship. So take it all lightly and roll with me on this one. I love this idea of the man traditionally pursuing the woman. What do I mean by that? I mean, I was actually a little bit uncomfortable about this, but when Larry was like opening the car door for every time we were getting in the car, I was like, okay, this is a lot. My very uh, gentlemanly Midwestern man. But I realized that I was so like uncomfortable with it because very rarely had a man done that for me. And so I worked on just receiving the gesture. I also, and I did an episode on this, Who Pays on the First Date with my bestie, Jamie McEwen. We can link that up in the show notes. I do appreciate, and again, this is my own personal opinion. I'm not saying it's right and that all of my female listeners who are straight should should approach dating or desire it to be this way the way that I do. All I will say is, as my old therapist, Ashley Graber said, you will have a cosmic referral system, Claire, (laughs) which means you'll attract clients who are very much like you. And I really can speak for majority of my clients, if not all of them. And I've been coaching for a long time, (laughs) a long time or like seven years. How long have I been coaching for now? 15. Oh my gosh. Eight years. And have coached a lot of people. And I would say majority of them would also like to be pursued. I appreciate the man paying the first few times. And now I pay for whatever, whenever with Larry. I would definitely say he pays more than I do for sure. But one of the things that he said he loved most about me was my generosity. I And I was also really happy to drive up to Santa Barbara a majority of the time when we were newly dating and I was based in LA and he was based in Santa Barbara. And one could argue, ooh, that's Claire pursuing Larry, but I didn't see it that way. So I think really what it comes down to is the interpretation of pursuing versus searching, but I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. What are other ways that I appreciate a man being traditional in the beginning? I wanted Larry to tell me when he wanted to see me next. I didn't tell him that, but that was my standard and expectation for myself. I I worked on receiving him opening the door for me in the car. Uh, He would literally climb over where there's just like a tiny little crack between the cars. He always and still does really just make it a point to open the door for me, which is really lovely. And now it's just natural. And it was important for me to be on the receiving end and appreciate that. And again, I don't mind the man. I, I'm I'm all about actually the man paying the first couple of times or like, let's say he takes you for a nice meal and you go for a drink after the meal. For sure, I would then be like, oh, let me get the drinks. Thank you so much for dinner. It's not this entitled hands to pay for me. It's not that. It's just letting the man be the man in traditional terms. And again, if you are like, oh, that's so ick to me, Claire, I'm a very independent and successful woman and I don't like that, then to each her own. Have at it. And 
I really appreciated Larry being like, this is when I'm free next. I would really like to see you. I appreciated that he offered to come down to LA, but I was like, I actually work in my apartment all week in Beverly Hills. Coming up to Santa Barbara feels like a nice little escape. And neither of us said it to each other, but we admitted later as things got more serious and we talked about me moving to Santa Barbara, it just made sense because if we were going to become exclusive and committed and plan a future together, the only option was for me to move to Santa Barbara. I mean, we could have done long distance forever, but I didn't want that. He didn't want that. But he has four children in Santa Barbara and his ex is in Santa Barbara. And so they committed to, you know, co-parenting and raising their kids in the same place. And I was all for that. So in our minds, we were thinking it made more sense for me to come to Santa Barbara, but I'm all about taking things slowly. Neither of us said, hey, it's probably best if you come to Santa Barbara because if things work out, (laughs) then, you know, you would have to move here, right? It was just sort of this unspoken understanding. But I also let him do the calling and instigate the reaching out. Please, 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 if you're taking notes, don't take these notes as, well, this is what Claire wanted with Larry and they're in love and have worked out and they sound like the kind of relationship that I would like. So I'm going to do it Claire's way. I just had a client recently say to me, oh, you know, I'm obsessed with your rules. And then she referenced one of them. And I was like, don't be too obsessed with my rules. I have rules and guidelines for you if you are finding yourself falling into the same trap, but I don't want you to take everything super, super literally. I just said to a client the other day when she was enjoying, you know, a banter that she was having with a guy on Bumble and, you know, then it kind of dropped off and it was only like a couple of days. I was like, you know, if you want to ask him out, just say like, hey, I would love, you know, kind of pick up, reference a joke that you guys had in your banter and and ask him out. I'm, I'm not vehemently opposed and have definitely done it before. But in general, I, for me personally, don't want to make it a habit. And I prefer that for my clients too. There's something I feel like biologically ingrained that the man is the pursuer and I'm all for it. However, I'm also all for putting yourself out there and actively searching for him, i.e. being on the apps and managing your mind around the bullshit on the apps, which is inevitable. I don't lie and pretend that the apps are amazing all the time, but they're amazing because they are at your fingertips. And for the most part, they're free. I know you can bump up on Bumble and get these, you know, added bells and whistles. And hey, I say whatever works and whatever makes things easier for you. It sounds like certain filters and things, you know, are worth the 40 bucks a month or however much it is, in my opinion. But searching and putting yourself out there and making a point to be out in the world and looking good and feeling good And when I say looking good, you know, refer back to my last week's episode, how it is and isn't about your looks, but that you feel like you look good. Like I loved when I was single and living in LA, 
going out with my my girlfriends, whether they were single or in a relationship, and picking a fun place with great food and great drinks and sitting at the bar because you just never know who you might end up sitting next to or who might end up approaching you. And I also had no problem putting a boundary up if there was some tool bag approaching me and interrupting our meal who I wasn't interested in. I don't see putting yourself out there both physically in the world and wanting to like get dressed up and have a good night out and being open to you never know who you're going to meet and actively swiping, especially on Bumble, where in heteronormative terms, the woman messages first. I don't have a problem with that either. I've heard a lot of drama over the years from both friends and clients like, why would I say something first? The man needs to say something first. You know, the founder of Bumble created it like that so that you could take some power back, sister friend, and, you know, decide after you match, is this a person who I want to connect with? If so, what do I want to say to him? It's awesome. And it doesn't mean you're pursuing. It actually just takes the load off. So you're not waiting and wondering, well, who's going to say something first? You get to say something first and you get to be really intentional with what you say. Or it could just be basic as fuck with what I said to Larry because he had nothing on his profile and his initials were just LL, which by the way, aren't even his actual initials. So I said something like, um, what did I say? I said, hi, LL. Uh, do I have the honor of knowing what your initials stand for? And he wrote back immediately and told me his full name. And we started having a great banter. And if you're hearing for the first time that, oh my God, Larry's profile was blank and she still swiped right on him. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of the fact that his profile was blank, but I was definitely a fan of his fucking face. And it was no sweat off my back to swipe right to see if there was more. And immediately he was just so forthcoming with who he was, where he was from, what he was doing in LA. And it didn't take long for him to say, I would really like for us to meet in person sometime. It's just not that freaking hard. And, you know, If I followed all of my rules, which one of them is, you know, look for a guy who's put effort into his profile, you know, you just got to trust your gut in the moment. And it's like literally no energy for me to swipe right to find out if he has more to offer. And lucky me, I did. And he did have more to offer. And here we are now, over three and a half years later, very much in love. It's the meaning that you're making about the way that you are showing up. That's what was going on with my client. You can still be pursued and you can still show up by just putting yourself out there, saying who you are, what you're looking for, what your likes are, what your dislikes are, and make it a little easy for him to find you because why not? And it really was a big aha for her as she reflected back on all the inner work that she's done with all the different relationship coaches, which, by the way, why are these coaches not instilling active action with their clients? I'm all about the internal work. And this particular client is this amazing ray of sunshine and I love that she really feels that she is a being who's radiating out all this amazing energy. And I just can't wait to see what happens when she combines that with some active searching that is different from being pursued. 
active searching is different than being pursued. You can actively search and have a guy actively pursue you. If you haven't listened to my podcast yet called The Dating App Smackdown, I highly recommend. We can link it up in the show notes. I know a lot of you out there have a ton of resistance. I just had someone say on my Facebook page, like, Claire, how did you find Larry? I just ended it with someone I'm so heartbroken and I can't imagine finding my person. And I I mean, my response to her was, are you regularly listening to my podcast? Have you read a bunch of my Poosh articles where I'm talking about all things heartbreak, dating, and relationships? Are you paying attention to my posts? And have you thought about working with me? You've got to show up differently if you want to create different. Now, to be very clear, and I said this to my client who is so amazing and and I'm just in awe of her having this like her kind of her heels dug into this concept of, no, I'm not putting myself out there because I think he should find me. And that was a big thought that we worked. And it was just I loved all the breakthroughs that she had from working that thought and that belief. She could find him elsewhere. She could meet him at a Starbucks. She could meet him in the grocery store. I'm not saying that's not possible. Those possibilities are still there. But if you've been doing a ton of inner work and you haven't actively put yourself out there on a regular basis, combined with consistently thinking about him and who he is and where he is and the two of you together and the thoughts that you would think when he arrives and commit to having your body be in that feeling place of him being here every single day while actively searching for him on a regular basis, and then managing your mind around all the bullshit that will kick you off that aligned way of being when you're thinking about attracting him because you'll you'll swipe on motherfuckers and they will trigger you and they will piss you off. And then they will you know, make your belief wobble about your ideal person being out there. This requires work. It requires energy. It requires resilience. And it really requires a commitment to the end result of finding your person. And I am here to say on the other side of a lot of drama and heartache over lots of guys I met on the apps before I met Larry on Bumble, it was so fucking worth it. But I wasn't attached to him being on the apps. I just thought, well, here I am. It's 2019. Online dating is the mainstream way to meet people today. Why would I not use it while also regularly putting myself out there and going out with friends who are cool and awesome and support me on my search, whether they're single or already in relationships? And also committing to just loving my life and waking up every morning just being so happy and so fulfilled. And I was just loving my living space and loving my business having really taken off by the time it was 2019 and just feeling so good on the inside and out, physically, mentally, and emotionally. I was just in such a good, fulfilled, and happy place and decided I wasn't going to let my singledom at 38 be a thing, be a negative thing. And I wasn't going to let me searching for him on the apps be a negative thing. I was just like, oh, 
this is no sweat off my back to commit to finding him every day for at least 30 minutes. I probably would do 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes at night and commit to my belief man plan. And the last thing that I just want to share here that I think really resonated with this particular client who inspired this episode is if someone wanted to look at who did more work to find the other person between Larry and I, I for sure did way more work, way more inner work and way more active searching work. Larry was only really officially a year out of his marriage after we met. He had definitely dated, but he was not on the hunt for the one at that point in time with four kids under the age of 12, between like three and 12 at that time. He was just like, you know what? I was open. Hence, he had a blank profile with two initials that weren't even his real fucking initials. He was just like, I'm out to have a good time. If I find someone amazing, great. I'm just open. And yours truly over here was just like, I am so committed. I am thinking about who he is, where he is, what he's thinking, how we are together, the thoughts that I would think with him here. And I was deliberately searching and making it a top priority every single day. And then if you looked at it on paper, when Larry and I finally met, I was the one driving up to Santa Barbara. Again, I just said it earlier. It just worked for us. It wasn't because I was pursuing him. I felt like he was pursuing me, but it was better and easier for us both for me to come up to him in Santa Barbara. He also has a house. It was just more spacious. If we were spending weekends together, it was just lovely and exciting for me. And I never felt like, oh, I'm the one putting in more effort. I also adjusted to his kid custody schedule. Here I was single and happy in LA and, you know, had other options but I chose Larry and his time and his schedule because he was the one who just did it for me. I adjusted to his 50% custody schedule. So when he was available, I made myself available. And I never once thought, oh, well, I'm making myself too available. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, I always say to my clients who are dating people, and usually they're dating people in the same town, don't make yourself so available all the time and don't accommodate him all the time, you know, when you're newly getting to know someone. But the way I saw it was, okay, I'm going to make myself available if he asks me to be available. And, you know, we weren't incessantly texting and talking on the days that I was back in L.A., so I felt like he was in his life and I was in my life. And I'm not even really sure. He claims he didn't go on any dates after he met me. I don't know. I feel like there was a little bit of crossing over because, yeah, I have a hunch. Anyway, as he should and as I should, because we shouldn't be putting all eggs in one basket when you've just newly met someone because it takes time to get to know someone. You know, I say that all the time and I could make a whole other episode about that. Yeah, I have done an episode taking things slowly. I've also deleted a lot of old episodes that I didn't like because I didn't like my former very black and white approach. And I really believe this work now is so freaking nuanced. But, you know, I just showed up for when he was available. And then I moved to Santa Barbara for him and I decided to not have kids because he didn't want to have more kids. I gave so much technically on paper to him 
very early on. And I never once told myself the story of he, I'm pursuing Larry or I'm putting in more effort because, 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 is that Wizard of Oz? Yeah. Yeah. That is the Wizard of Oz. (laughs) Because when we were together, I felt like the most adored woman on the inside and out. He laughed so hard at my jokes. He wanted to know all thing, all the things about my life coaching business. He wanted to understand my family, who my friends were, the dynamics. He wanted to hold me. He just wanted to kiss me and love on me and just totally adored me in a non-aggressive way. It was just so lovely. I felt so seen. I felt so adored. I felt really appreciated for coming up to Santa Barbara. I felt so taken care of. So I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm going to drive up to this guy right off the bat. He didn't have to earn it from me. He was just earning it in the time that we were there. And I know my situation is unique because it was long distance. And so there, and he was Um, you know, in his late 40s with four kids. He wasn't interested in more. And those were my choices. And I'm not saying they should be your choices. I'm just saying it's also a choice to look at what pursuing really means and the meaning that you're making out of it to potentially cut your nose to spite your face. Look, so many of you, as I just said earlier in this episode, are similar to me. You might be traditional feminists too. You're probably also empaths. I did a three-part series on being an empath and heartbreak and also as you're as you're looking for love and just a whole episode on what being an empath is and you just take on the energies of other your others you're very huge hearted if you're listening to this podcast you you were probably huge hearted to a fault gave too much to people that didn't deserve it. That doesn't mean you should never give too much again to the right person. And that doesn't mean that you're losing your femininity in the dynamic and not being pursued. It's really the meaning that you make out of it. And putting yourself out there is not the same as pursuing. As my Irish father would say, Claire, you're starting to tear the arse out of this topic, which really means beating (laughs) beating a dead horse. And I really love that phrase. My dad is truly one of my favorite people. But pursuing is very different than actively searching. And if you want to be pursued because you're a traditional feminist like me, or maybe you're not even a feminist, maybe you're just traditional and you want to be pursued, you can do that, but still put yourself out there and give without making the meaning out of it because you're getting what you want from that person. Ah. I really hope that you got a lot out of this episode because I think my client is really having a breakthrough on this. You guys, it's 2023, and this doesn't mean that the apps are the only way, and it doesn't mean that you can't be pursued if you're on the apps. It just means that there's a new way today that is different than, you know, I was also thinking about this as I prepared for this episode. I think my generation, and as I record this, I'm 42, and I think we kind of transitioned from, you know, you meet at a bar into online dating. I still feel like when my friends were newly online dating, it was not that mainstream. And to me at that time, which was really my mid to late 20s, I found it to be very weird and scary and gross and sketchy meeting someone off the internet. So, you know, 
when I was in high school, I still had a landline that I was sharing with four people or really at the time, two people, because my brothers weren't living in the house at that point. But, you know, boys still needed to call my landline and my dad would pick up and have to ask my dad if they could speak to me. And even, oh my gosh, this is just coming to me now. Like after college, I still lived at home and I was working in a clothing store in my hometown in Westchester County, rags on Purchase Street, Rye, New York represent. And I was going in and out of the city and auditioning. And I got set up with a guy, really nice guy, but not my guy. And he picked me up and knocked on the door. You know, so I was definitely raised by traditional parents and I think that that's probably why I still love that traditional shit. (laughs) And maybe some of you who are a decade or more younger don't care, but if you do, it's okay to care. And that doesn't mean that you have to sit and do nothing and wait and expect for someone to show up at your door. Get out there, get on the apps, create a baller profile. I help my clients do this in my group, or if you were to work with me one-on-one. And I also help you manage your mind around loving the apps, owning the apps, realizing that the apps are just an amazing gift for you to be able to potentially find your person. And another big aha that we uncovered in this, in really over two sessions around this idea of I want to be pursued and I really do believe that he should find me is, and, and, and I brought this up on another recent episode, but I can't remember which one is, look, you could end up, as I said earlier, having some amazing man walk up to you and say, hi, I just have to introduce myself. Like, who are you? Could I get your number? Like, that's still really possible. But I really believe, and my client agreed with this too, because she's a very spiritual person and and she believes everything's, you know, in divine timing as well. I believe that when you stretch yourself to peel back your blinders and you're willing to investigate and get really curious about rigid beliefs that you have, If you're willing to show up and stretch your brain and peel back the blind spots and just investigate and get curious about your rigid reliefs, rigid beliefs, not rigid reliefs, I do think God, the universe, whatever higher power you believe in rewards you, whether it's you find him on the apps after avoiding the apps and insisting he's not on the apps, or you get on the apps and you manage your mind around the apps, and then God is the one laughing last. And again, use whatever higher power, if any, you believe in. And this is just my belief. I'm not here preaching that you should believe in God because I do, and this particular client does. I do think like that's when you are rewarded a McGillion fold. You know, I really, and I've talked about this on other episodes, really got clear on, you know, it's okay if he's an actor, even though four other actors had broken my heart. By the time that I created my process to call Larry into my life, I just was like, wait, why am I writing off actors? I live in fucking Los Angeles. I'm swiping on actors all the fucking time. Why am I writing them off as a whole? Because four of them broke my heart. That's stupid. Sorry, I hope I'm not offending you if you're listening and you you don't like actors <laughs> either. But that's just not 
fair. Yes, there are a lot of narcissistic asshole full of themselves actors who believe their own bullshit and I fucking fell for them. And then I also was in an incredible acting class with men who are doing like incredible work on themselves and were good men and in solid relationships. And I have two good friends who are married to writers and an actor producer, and they're in an incredibly solid partnership. It's not because of what they do for a living that makes them unavailable. It's just that they're unavailable. And, you know, it wasn't because they were actors. It was because I was an actor. And so I found myself around a lot of actors. And so I was also unavailable. So I was drawn towards unavailable people. It wasn't because they were actors. Look, I ended up with a lawyer. But I do believe that peeling back those layers and looking at my limiting beliefs and being willing to be flexible and change on those beliefs is what brought me to Larry. So do the work, flex the muscles, stretch the mind, peel back the blinders and investigate these rigid beliefs and see where you're willing to bend. And that's when the universe is like, here's your guy. And it has like nothing to do. Like she may not even find him on the apps. She ends up finding him elsewhere. She meets him at a wedding or whatever. So the work works in miraculous and unexpected ways when you just show up, do it, believe in it, and don't get graspy with it. And you're willing to lean into the discomfort because you recognize that just what you have been doing hasn't been working. So why not? Don't you want to die knowing that you tried everything and you were willing to go inward and look at your shit and look at your rigidity and your resistance to things and and not look back in hindsight and be like, oh, fuck, it was just because of that belief. It's so worth it to change these beliefs, even if you end up with what you decided you wanted anyway. I did the same work with needing that initial attraction. I talked about this on last week's episode uh, when looks, why looks, oh, what was the title again? (laughs) How looks are and aren't a thing or something to that effect. And how I just was really always thinking that looks were super important to me and an attraction is still super important to me, but I was only getting carried away by the initial attraction and I wasn't taking the time to get to know the person and figure out if they are available or not available. And so I started to date men where the attraction wasn't off the charts to see if I could take time to get to know them and if there was something there and be willing to lean in and see if the attraction could grow. But then I met Larry and the attraction was just boom there. And if anything, what I needed to do was slow down the intensity of the draw, right, by just not acting so fast and putting all eggs in one basket and seeing each other all the time. And I got to tell you, the 80 miles between us really helped that cause. (laughs) But we also, as I said earlier, weren't talking and texting all day, every day. It was very slow, intentional, and steady. And I also was just losing my mind, but I knew that I was showing up differently. And I know that it was no coincidence that that's how I ended up attracting Larry because of all the deeper digging I was willing to do on my own limiting beliefs around who I thought my guy should be and how I thought I should find him and when and what it would look like. So 
I hope this resonated with you and helps you shift on this idea of being pursued versus actively searching and that you're willing to not only peel back the layers on any rigidity that you're experiencing around that, but also peel back the layers of any rigidity you're having anywhere about dating and relationships. I recently was listening to a podcast and a very famous person who got cheated on. And I don't really want to say the name because I don't want to seem like I'm throwing her under the bus because I really respect her. But ultimately, she was being interviewed and, you know, there was speculation that there that her ex had been unfaithful. And like the interviewer said, well, how could that happen to you? I mean, you're just like this perfect looking human. This was the interviewer's words. And I'm not quoting her perfectly. And she was like, well, you know, it's not about what I look like. It's just men are trash. Men are trash. And I just thought, oh my God, like my heart sank because yeah, there are a lot of trashy men out there, but not all of them are. And there's someone that wouldn't do that to you. And that's just the truth. So just always being willing to look at what are you believing that's preventing your ideal person from coming? And what are you doing or not doing that's preventing your ideal person from coming? I really enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys did too. And if you want help on this, please, please, please head to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com. Click on the work with me page, apply to my group or to work with me one-on-one. So much love, my loves. Until next time. Bye. My love, are you ready to stop wanting him back and find someone better? Then head on over to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com and sign up for my one-year group coaching program. I can't wait to put a stop to your broken heart and get a start on your happily ever after.